0: Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. Now, we got to talk some baseball because the Braves are team. And it's not close. Let's head out to the Wait4.com hotline with Danny Vietti from the Believe Podcast Network as well as CBS Sports. Danny, how are you? Uh, it's
1: playoff baseball time, baby! It's a good time to be alive.
0: Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's start here in Atlanta because we got a lot to discuss. In your mind, as somebody who covers the game from a national perspective, is there any doubt in your mind that Ronald Acuna Jr. is not the MVP? Because for us here in Atlanta, it's an open and shut case. But I know some of the national media brethren out there, Danny, have been trying to stick up for Mookie Betts and other guys, and uh, we don't we don't take kindly to that around here.
1: Nah, it's pretty much chalk at this point. Um, First player ever 40-50, first player ever 40-60, 40-70. That alone is going to give him the edge over Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman and even his teammate in Matt Olson. Um, The numbers are way too impossible to ignore at this point. Um, His strong month here in September really put him over the top of especially Mookie. Um, It's one of the most remarkable seasons we've seen in recent history is combination of speed and power. We've never seen it um, at this level. So I think at this point, it's a foregone conclusion that Kuhn is going to be your 2023 National League most valuable player.
0: You mentioned Matt Olson. The first couple of years in Atlanta have been nothing short of spectacular as well. Do you think that'll go down as one of the more underrated signings of the last you know, 10, 15 seasons?
1: Well, Matt Olson was a great player in Oakland before they acquired him. So um, it it was kind of one of those cases where you have a great player in Oakland. Oakland doesn't get a lot of media attention because they're one of those so-called small market teams. And you look at the numbers and the numbers look good, but nobody really knows exactly what you're going to get, at least from a fan perspective. Me being over here on the West Coast, I was able to see Matt Olson on a day-to-day basis I was able to see his defensive metrics in the Coliseum. I was able to see his power on display. And, I mean, Matt Olson's one of the better power hitters in baseball in today's game. So it's another great deal by Alex Anthopoulos, another great deal for a younger player that he was able to lock up for another six or seven years. I forget how long that extension is. Um, it's, It's a deal, too. That had a lot of pressure onto it, of course, because it came at the expense of Freddie Freeman going to Los Angeles. And so Matt Olson had a lot of pressure on his shoulders to fill the shoes of a franchise icon and Freddie Freeman. And I think he's done at this point everything mm-hmm. that he could have done to fill those shoes. And uh, I mean, put yourself into the MVP conversation, your second year with the team, you're doing a pretty good job.
0: Yeah, he is locked up with the Braves through 2030, so lots more of him in an Atlanta uniform. Talking all things MLB with our buddy Danny Vietti from the Believe Network as well as CBS Sports. All right, Danny, for the Braves, in my opinion, the team they don't want to see is the Philadelphia Phillies. They got their number last year. It just seems to be a bad matchup against them. What team do you think the Braves should be most concerned about in the National League?
1: I mean, right now the two betting favorites, favorites, excuse me, are Dodgers, Braves. And they should be the favorites of the, of the two best teams, not just in the National League, but uh, across Major League Baseball. The Braves against Philadelphia this year, that said, uh, the Braves were 8-5 and five against Philly, which is pretty darn good. Against the Dodgers, they were 4-3. and three. And so they've done pretty well against stiff competition the Braves have. Um, I think they match up better with the Dodgers at this point in time better than they do Philadelphia. The reason being is that the Braves and the Dodgers are both forces on the offensive side of, uh, side of things. However, both teams have a hole right now, pitching staff wise. Both teams have starting rotations that are a bit crippled heading into the postseason. The Braves with Max Freed dealing with his blister issue and then Charlie Morton just recently going on the IL. Those are two absolute guys that you need to go on a postseason run. Similarly in Los Angeles, they lost Julio Reyes due to his legal issues. Um, they've lost uh, Dustin May. They've lost Tony Gonsolin. Their rotation has been hit hard by the injury bug all season long. And so the Dodgers right now are relying on a 35-year-old Clayton Kershaw who, in his postseason experience, has not always been seamless. So both teams are very similar, strong offensive lineups, a hole in the pitching rotation, and I think the Braves' offensive lineup. Gives them a little bit of the edge over the Dodgers. Whereas you face Philadelphia, they have three really good starters in their rotation that are healthy, and Wheeler and Nola, that are Ranger Suarez. They have a rotation that I think at this point in time, health wise and just talent wise, who's on the field. I think Philadelphia has the edge pitching wise. And what we've seen in the postseason in recent years, pitching and defense is what ends up getting the edge.
0: Now in the American League, Danny, it's uh, the Orioles having an amazing season. Tampa right behind their tails. They've been, you know, a perennial playoff team for you know the better part of the last decade. Now the West has been really interesting. What do you see winding up out there in terms of the American League?
1: Seattle's going to make things interesting. I mean, the last couple of games have been exciting, and uh, Seattle's at home, which makes it even that much more. Uh, of a bigger deal, and they have all the momentum right now. But the problem is, is that they're still a game behind in the American League West, so and in the wildcard race. So um, it's going to come down to the final game, I think, you know, at Texas versus Seattle in Seattle. And I think it's uh, it, there's a series down in Arizona and the high desert right now between Houston and Arizona that has a lot riding on it, too, because Houston has to win these games to try and get into the, the wildcard or division. And then Arizona does not have their postseason spot locked up either. They are a half game up on Miami in the, in the wild card race, and they're a game and a half up on the Cubs in Cincinnati. So we're coming up on Saturday, Sunday here, the final day of the regular season, and there's still a lot riding on these games. Um, so it's going to be fun to watch, and I- I'm just kind of gonna be a fan to sit back and kind of experience it all because uh this is what you look forward to as a baseball fan
0: yeah absolutely and i uh mentioned the orioles briefly there what do you think about their chances in the playoffs with the amount that they're counting on players with little to no postseason experience
1: the biggest concern for me with baltimore isn't necessarily the experience because it matters don't get me wrong like postseason experience big moments it absolutely matters Um, but we've seen teams in the past such as the 2019 Nationals and even the the Braves in 21, it's not like they were just full of guys with tons and decades long of postseason experience necessarily. Um, And so I I do think young teams have shown that they're able to hoist a trophy. My big concern with Baltimore is the health of Felix Batista, who is unarguably their most dominant pitcher and their closer. He's trying to pitch on a damaged UCL. The difficulty in that is uh, the, the same, I would compare it to playing on like a fractured leg in the NFL. Like you're pitching with a wounded arm um, and he's been their horse in, in the back of that bullpen. That, that really concerns me because when you try to fill a void of a guy like that, now you have moving parts in the bullpen. And now you're trying to get more innings out of your starting rotation too because you don't have as much trust in the bullpen. So my concern with Baltimore, not that I'm saying they don't have a chance by any means, I mean, they are the number one seed for a reason, but my biggest concern with Baltimore is the health of Felix Felix Batista and the trickle-down effect from there.
0: Now, three teams that are not in it are the three highest teams with the three highest payrolls in New York Yankees, New York Mets, and San Diego Padres. Is that a good thing or a bad thing for the sport, in your opinion?
1: Yeah, I think that was honestly a good segue from Baltimore, to the three highest payrolls because I love the story of Baltimore. I love their team. I love their players. They have franchise uh, players. They they have faces of the league type players and Adley and Gunner and uh, uh, Grayson Rodriguez. I mean, they have studs. Now with that said, I find myself from a business perspective rooting against Baltimore this year, because if you have a team like Baltimore who has the third lowest payroll in major league baseball, now, you're incentivizing owners to spend less on a roster. If Baltimore ends up winning the World Series, owners are going to look to Baltimore and look at their blueprint, and they're going to say, well, shoot, we can win a World Series with a $70 million payroll. And the Padres, Yankees, and Mets had the three highest payrolls, and they didn't even sniff the playoffs. So, what are owners going to be more incentivized to do? Spend less money. And so, I think it's a bad omen for the league if that does come to fruition. So I kind of find myself rooting against Baltimore. Not that I necessarily root for high payroll teams, but you'd like to see the organizations that are at least trying to field a good product and trying to spend money on a roster uh, kind of be at the top at the end
0: of the season. Can't talk about money in baseball without talking about the potentially $400 million man, of course, Shohei Otani. At this point, I think it's become so much of a crapshoot that, that I've even stopped, Danny, I don't know about you. I haven't even seen rumors or innuendo or anything of late because I think, I think, frankly, nobody knows.
1: That's exactly right. Nobody knows. And Jeff Passon was on a podcast with Jared Kravis the other day and mentioned a handful of teams that are in consideration. And Jeff's one of the more highly respected reporters in this league. And I, I think Jeff, would, would even admit like he there's a handful of teams because nobody thinks that there's a favorite at this point I tend to think he still wants to be on the west coast just because of his signing process when he first came over with Japan he wasn't really taking calls from east coast teams but at this point in time after these four or five years in, in LA um, this guy just wants to win and so maybe that does open it up for teams like um, the, the Mets or the, the Phillies, like the winning teams out on the East Coast. Um, I tend, again, I, I tend to lean towards the West Coast teams. Um, it's closer to home form. That's where he wanted to be coming over from Japan. Seattle is going to be in it. San Francisco, with the firing of Gabe Kapler, I tend to think that San Francisco is setting themselves for a major run at Otani and just basically calling Otani Ota- uh, and saying, here's a blank check. Now tell us who you want as your manager and let's get the ball rolling.
0: Last one before I let you go, Danny, as we're wrapping up with Danny Vietti here, Believe Network and CBS Sports, check out his stuff. Um, His teammate, Mike Trout, uh, for the first time that I can ever remember, really got emotional this week when talking about his injuries and breaking down and constantly being unavailable for his team. And then we did hear rumors that potentially, if the price is right, he could be on the move. What do you think his future is? It's
1: very tough when you are talking about a 31-year-old who is coming off of back-to-back injury-prone seasons and a guy that is on a $400 million contract. That's going to scare away some teams. With that being said, if the Angels are willing to eat some of that contract, I think there's a deal to be made. Now the question becomes, does Mike Trout want to leave? He has shown unrivaled loyalty to that franchise ever since being drafted by them back in, uh, I think it was 20, 2009, 2008. And he's been with the club for um, 15 years now. And so this is a guy that is loyal to the Angels, has been loyal to the Angels. He's never asked for a trade. Now he's coming up on the second half of his career, and you know the timer is starting to tick down. And so all indications are is that he should ask for a trade or, or, or ask the organization to at least look for a trade but it's still a wonderance of whether that's what he wants and whether that's what the team wants to do, especially with the Angels potentially selling the team. There's a lot. It's very convoluted. I do think there is a deal to be done, but there's a lot of moving parts here.
0: All right, Danny. Appreciate the time. Enjoy the postseason. We'll talk to you again as the World Series takes shape, and uh, hopefully our Atlanta Braves will be in this thing. Danny, appreciate the time.
1: over home internet users during times of congestion.